0: Chase Minifield, Don Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them
1: as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show...
2: What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast, Cut the Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky. We have on the line, Dom Joe. What up, Dom Joe?
1: I'm Joe, coming to you live from
0: Philly. Happy to be here.
2: And we have Max Milling. What up, Max? What up, fellas?
0: Max playing coming to you live. Just left my brother's wedding on the road here at the Seaville.
2: Max sounds a little okay. choppy, don't he? A little bit. All right. Max's usually in that booth.
0: You usually in the booth, man. Hey, I'm not. I'm not in the booth today, man. I couldn't make in the booth today, and uh, I promise you, all, i be able to action booth the podcast again. Oh God.
2: Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know
0: what I'm saying?
1: Hey, we have to get, him, get it off your chest, Max. Say it with your yeah. chest. Hey, we ain't gonna talk about this right now, man. It's, 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 it's y'all disrespectful You know I left my own brother's
0: wedding early so I didn't have to move to the podcast because that's how disrespectful y'all came out I don't know how the guys have have a guy's having a wedding
2: in the middle of quarantine. <laughs> what you mean? You know what I'm saying?
0: It's close family and friends, that's
2: all. But yeah, y'all disrespectful. about People get killed in the streets. People rioting outside. It's quarantine, <laughs> coronavirus, and y'all having a wedding.
0: Come on, man! Hey, look, look. I can't control the circumstances around it. My brother and his uh, fiance wanted to get married today. We was out in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. and We ain't seen not one riot. It was nice, nice and peaceful. Real small, intimate wedding. It was gorgeous. It worked out.
2: Hey man, talk about living in your own world, bro. We got a new guest. We got a new guest on the podcast. <laughs> uh another who's where man another rendition rendition of the who's where one of our former teammates was doing big things right now as a sport agent has his own sports agency man johnny mcgames i think i said it right is that right
3: you got it brother you
0: got it man hey, i know you guys aren't used you to go? call me that
2: i know right we, enjoy bags <laughs> and we go back we got a couple other things in the in the locker room but man we appreciate you jumping on this podcast we're excited to hear everything you're working on been following you for a long time um with crowd endeavors, and it's a lot of good things that you're working on, so we're excited to get your, your story across and all the things you're working on. But first things first, man, this week, bro, we're going to talk, we're going to give our take on everything that's going on in this world, man. I know Dom Jones, been waiting. he ain't tweeted. he ain't Instagram, he ain't Facebook, he been waiting for this podcast, things off his chest, man, so I'm going to drop the mic real quick. And gather my thoughts while Dom Joe Vince for for hopefully just a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying?
0: Just
1: a <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Chase hit the nail on the head, man. I got some things on my mind. I definitely came to the podcast with some things on my mind. You know what I'm saying? But uh first off, I'ma just say rest in peace to my man George Floyd and everybody else that lost their lives to senseless, um senseless police violence. Number two. Man, the rioting, man. Where to begin with the rioting? Now, I understand the protest. Um, I, like, at this point, I do, I, I, I was okay with the riots in Minnesota. And, um, to be, let's, let's tackle the Minnesota thing first, man. First of all, if I was a cop, I couldn't be, I couldn't be a cop in Minnesota right now, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. You know what I'm saying? No, I couldn't. No because chance. that bad, you know what I mean? It just stands for something that's not, what i stand for as a person man you know and number two i couldn't put my life on the line knowing that the system is that dirty and that rigged right now i'm not i'm not going out there and and doing no right i'm letting them right shit just, hey and i'm telling all my buddies travis johnny hey we staying home let them do their thing. That is Johnny. I'm not getting my block knocked off for none of them. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: you,
3: you
1: know what I mean? That's where I'm at like that. And on the flip side, if I'm George right now, if I'm George's family right now, bro, I got to have blood. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real, bro. And you got the National Guard protecting that, That um, I forget the cop's name, whatever his name is. I don't care, bro. Somebody somebody in his family they had, got It care. was not the
0: guard? Nah. They had yeah. 75 police officers volunteered. And just went over there, yeah. and surrounded his house.
1: They the National Guard. Whatever it was, it looked like the National Guard. Somebody got it. Somebody got to get it from his family. They protecting him. So I need, I need somebody. Somebody got to feel it, bro. That's just where I am, right or wrong, indifferent. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, you know, people might not want to hear that, but that's just the way I, I truly, in the bottom of my heart, feel like that. Now what's going on everywhere else is like, I, I don't, you know, it's like okay. You you can't destroy your own habitat, you know what I mean, be- because of, you know, the circumstances, you know what I'm saying? You definitely have to find a better way to organize. And a lot of these people, looting, looting is 100% different than protesting. I'll be and honest, i be honest, bro, that's the I, first
2: time I heard that word, to be honest with you, looting. What?
0: I like, what you talking about, Putin? Looting. You know what I'm saying? The first time I heard it was talking about the Hurricane Katrina stuff. And I'm like, that's dirty how I did a math, But I don't I – I mean, I don't, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. But I think loot is unnecessary. A, a I don't
1: agree with it. Yeah, and I understand. You see, and the thing is, though, like, I, I kind of understand where the young kids are coming from with all this rioting because you got to understand, all this is happening, they're young. So when they were in high school, it was Mike Brown. Then they graduate college, and it's George Floyd. And they're like, whoa, in the same decade, nothing has changed. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? But if you look at things in a chronological like timeline, this is gonna be the same chapter in the same section of a textbook. You know what I mean? So it, it may not feel like things are changing. I don't even know the answer if things are changing, but we as like it it, it behooves us to be the overarching force of the influence, like, hey guys, let's organize. Let's go vote. Vote in your local election, not just the general election. You know, like we have to continue to be that constant because we know better. The young kids are kind of like little babies. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let them cry it out. Let them cry it out. Okay, then get your act together. You know what I'm saying? But us, we have we have to straighten up and fly right. And I feel like not enough of us are doing that. However, now we got to Colin Kaepernick. We need to act Colin Kaepernick, bro. You know what I'm saying because Colin Kaepernick tweeting, you know he's talking about he's talking about the people have no the only logical choice is to riot, and that's all fine and dandy if you feel like that, bro. But you're not on the front lines. I haven't seen Colin Kaepernick at one protest. You know what I'm saying? So if you're gonna incite, these are are kids putting lives on their line, bro.
0: You keep forgetting you know what Colin Kaepernick and Agnes all, but he's still got that Nike contract now. He ain't going to act crazy. He can't act no fool. All
1: right, well, then don't do that. Don't do that. Meek Mill got Meek Mill got a Puma deal. He, You know what I'm saying? Like, there's other people. There's Cee Long, Meek Mill, Malcolm Jenkins. The list goes on that are meeting with actual legislation and getting things done, but they're all they're not on the front lines in the, in the protest
0: either, but
1: they're also not... No, I'm not saying like, Colin Kaepernick shouldn't do anything. I'm saying...
0: He just nervous, you know, but he should. And you can't just tweet from behind closed doors.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He got Twitter fingers, man. I don't respect that. Like who's I boy, really
2: Who's the boy in Game of Thrones that was uh that's that's <laughs> le- that's on the horse while they at war? What's his name? Came in with the boy that was that uh that did the um uh, torturing stuff too. He did the torturing stuff too. Nah, nah. He did the torturing nah, nah. of uh
0: yeah, the dude, the crazy, the crazy dude.
2: Yeah. Killed his dad, killed he his dad's son. I can't remember that guy's yeah. name.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't watch
2: Game of Thrones, Oh, yeah, this, this is the part of Game of Thrones. what you talk about. In, yeah. in, in he war, tortured,
0: God, he tortured John Dion Greyjoy. Yeah, <laughs> Dion Greyjoy.
2: He tortured Deion Greyjoy. So, and uh, gave us those. Jon Snow front line with it. You know what I'm saying, but he's in the war against a guy that's supposed to be his arch nemesis, and he on the horse in the back, he letting everybody get slaughtered before, it, and then he he still didn't even go do it. Again. His his sword doesn't got none, not not any dirt on it. I mean, yeah, it's no hey, not, a, not a smudge, man. Not a
1: speck of blood, bro. That's Colin Kaepernick <laughs> right there, man. I can't respect that. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I can't well, respect the Clint You know what I'm saying? I can't respect the Clint Yeah, stores, man. I can't. I can't, man. And you know what I mean? Like, no, let me pull up Instagram. I got Crown Endeavors pulled up, man. Let me pull up Instagram <laughs> to see Colin, Colin Kaepernick's post real quick, man. Because, like, he's really on some stuff, man. I'm going to be real. Kaepernick, let's go.
2: Happening, let's go. When all civility right, man, leads to
1: death, right, listen listen to this though. This is what he this is what he tweeted, bro. When civility leads to death, revolting is the only logical reaction. The cries for peace will rain down, and when they do, they will land on deaf ears because your violence has brought resistance. We have the right to fight back, bro. Wait, like where are you at though? You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, where are you at? Like you got young boys really out here. Where are you know at? We don't see
2: you. We don't yeah we'll
1: see bro that's corny bro like i lack of
2: a better word that's corny you
1: know what i'm saying
2: no, i feel so you mean. so i'm done let me go ahead and get you, 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 you see bro, that's, out, that's, bro. A, that's <laughs> definitely over a minute that's definitely over a minute i know you're gonna over <laughs> five at least um trying to go ahead and get my point on this i ain't talked on this and i ain't really touched on it yet Cause i really didn't know what to say to be honest with you because
0: yeah you still ain't um, even introduced our be yet, that shit bro
2: i have introduced that guest bro you must have lost service yeah, come on. Get, get your antennas
0: up, man. Uh,
2: get <laughs> your antennas is drooping, man.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. <laughs> we can cut we,
2: we got from the podcast. You come back, don't even stretch. listen to the podcast, <laughs> did you hear know how we talked about having your pants up when you go into the game? <laughs> 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 right, let me go ahead and jump Dude. into this thing, man. So I ain't got to get my thoughts off my chest on this thing. So, in general... You know, being from Kentucky, racism is heavy. We see we see racism, institutional racism in your face, the kids on your team, white kids on your team, got Confederacy flags, all those different type of things. We done seen it, right? And it gets to the point where it's almost numb. It's a numbness to 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 senseless stuff towards the African-American community. Um, to the point where the affluent African Americans in my community aren't even allowed to get into some golf clubs and some men's clubs you know what i'm saying that may be in the city just because of the color of their skin they still got those rules from like 1920 1930 that's been grandfathered mm-hmm. into the to those type of like golf clubs and things of that nature so this stuff is like you know it's not it's not some, it's something that we've always had a uh i would say uh kept at an arms distance to the fact of like you know what i'm saying we might be cordial but we ain't cool that type of situation um so, so in my mind, you know what I'm saying? And they had a situation in Louisville happen. So they've been riding up there, whatever y'all want to call it. And, you know, I, I'm like, I don't think that's really the, the answer. But at this cause I don't think it's gonna make any change going forward. I think it's gonna get people's attention, but I don't think it's gonna change people. Um but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, as far as with white America, and I don't think, think you can really blame white America, but the police, white America is like you can't keep touching the stove and not expect to get burnt. And they think they can touch the stove and it's not going to have heat on it. You know what I'm saying? And just keep on touching it. And just keep on touching it. And, and, matter, and as a, when I was little, when I was six, seven, eight, I can't remember how old I was, but my little stove was a stove, not like the stove you have now, where the, blue, where the blue fire come out of that thing, but it was like a metal top. So you didn't know if it was hot or if it was on or if it wasn't on. I remember I used to touch that thing. My mom always said, don't touch that. I used to touch that thing. Sometimes it went on. One time that thing was on, bro. And I ain't never touched that thing since. I ain't never touched that thing since, man. And, and, you know, you just be hard-headed when you're young and you be like, man, I can touch it. My mom said, don't touch it. I'm going to touch it anyway. You know what I'm saying? And a couple times I got away with it, but that one time that I didn't get away with it, I ain't never touched it since. Um, So that's that's what I kind of feel like the situation is, is the fact that young people, Black America, they feel like it's just like over and over and over again. And we're not, the the real solution to this problem is a long-term solution right? The real solution to this problem is a long-time solution. That's getting people in positions uh, of decision-making positions of power, right? Whether through voting, which I think is a little harder than actually having the money and the capital in your favor. You know what I'm saying? Like, really what it comes down to, big businesses is black businesses. um, People making big money is is a lot of black businesses or black money, black entrepreneurs and things of that nature. um, that, That ultimately money flips hands, right? So, that, that solution is a long solution. So right now, we're thinking, man, we got to do something now. And if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I, I ain't got no problem with it, but I don't think it's going to fix none. Just understand that. Just understand that. And we got to have a plan of how do we really truly fix it. But right now, we got people's attention. So I can respect that, man. I can respect that. But that's what it is. Max, what's your opinion? Man, I mean, my opinion is, I'm I get
0: the, People are upset, and um you know, definitely the protests. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for. You know, you can't keep poking and prodding and pushing the bear, and not expect to attack. But I, I really am against the looting, and the main reason because you know, we hear about the Target and you know, and the Walmart and stuff. But what you don't hear about, but it still happens, the little mom and pop shops of, um, you know, usually people in their community because they're not going across town. You know, they're in their community, people who live in their community, usually people of color own these little pop shops and you're destroying these businesses for a cause that's supposed to be for people of color. So that's really why I don't agree with it, man. I think there's a better way to express your anger and express your frustration. And honestly, I think the looting is a lot of people just looking for opportunities just to, you know, be a part of the crowd and just get free stuff. And that's why that, that stuff really, you know, it just pisses me off because it takes away from the cause. It takes away from what they're really trying to do and really the changes they're trying to make. And yeah, they're, they're doing it for video. They're doing it for, you know, and and so that stuff is really what gets into my skin. It's like you're taking away from the cause and, you know, you're taking energy away from what is good and you're shot to a spotlight of something stupid. And you're also, most, nine to the ten, you're hurting the people in your community who own those little mom and pop shops. You know, the Walmarts are, they're going to be all right and, and all that stuff. But, you know, the little bar in the street that's owned by the guy who's lived in that neighborhood for 13 years, uh, you know, it's just not fair to him.
2: Hey, I'll tell you this if it was my shop, I'd be outside. I'd be outside looting myself, protecting my shop. Hey, bro, this is hey, right here. No, there's people outside, man. I
1: there's somebody in, there some in Dallas Dallas who's trying to protect his shop. shop,
0: and they uh, somebody in Dallas is trying to protect his shop, and they beat him unconscious,
1: knocked him yeah, through. Huh? You, you gotta be you out there, to you gotta be out be there deep. You gotta have the whole fam hey. out there. You just it just can't be you. You know I'm saying? You gotta
0: have a whole fam. Nah, can't. Hey, you got hey, these. Bro. I'll be out there strapped up too. I, hey. oh, no I, I guess I'll, yeah, figure, yeah, out, I guess I'll figure
2: out what my name really means in the city. Then
1: What? <laughs> <Boy, shut laughs> <up. laughs>
0: hey. <laughs> hey,
1: but I know I know some people. I got I, I know some people. Um He owns um, a barber shop in Northfield, and then another person that owns a cricket. They boarded up quick as All get out, man. They boarded up immediately. Like they weren't oh, even you can't playing it, no games. Take
2: that hit. You can't take the hit, especially after coronavirus. Target. All the big name shops, Gucci, they're gonna be fine. Hey, come on, man. That stuff. CNN, CNN got a brand new sign or painted a brand new sign in a day. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that ain't, they ain't affected it one bit in one bit in that situation. Uh, they actually budget for things like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's in the budget. So uh, yeah, that's, so not, that's not that's not that's not the issue. It's uh it's just like Max said, the senseless stuff. Which hopefully that's not <laughs> too much. of it. Hopefully we're smarter than that. Um, so Joey. What you got, man?
3: Man, first of all, I'm not even gonna pretend like I can try to relate to kind of just what it's like to be a black man. Um, I, you know, representing a lot of you know, you know, majority of my clients are black, and I, I can, I'm, I just can't be the first to even say that I can relate.
1: You know,
3: I, uh, uh, it, it hurts me to see what's going on. Um, I'm completely with you guys on pretty much every opinion. Like, I think. We need to have anger. There's rage inside of me just seeing that video, man. It's like you have to be almost demonic to be able to do that to somebody. And uh, this dude sounds like a great guy. That's what makes it even worse. He was involved in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it breaks my heart just to see that we still are dealing with this in this in this day and age. And, and But it, it is so real. And Chase, like you said, especially in the deep south, it, it's a real issue. And I'm sure you out of you know, me and Max are from Northern Virginia, you know, it tends to be a little more refined up there, but I know there's still stuff that exists up there. But like, um, you know, I'm sure you really you really saw it. But what hurts me, like here in Richmond, man, this is one of the most racially charged cities. That's where that's where I live. And uh I I just brought a little girl into the world, she's eight months old, and it's like, this is the world she's coming into. I don't even know how to approach this with her, you know. And it's just like Um, this is one of the most racially charged cities. You have the former capital of the South, the Confederacy, so you've got that population, and there's still plenty of that, but then you also have a huge black population here in Richmond, and now they're all combining, and there there's a a museum of the Confederate Army about .3 miles from my house. They just burned down, and my wife and I are genuinely scared. Like, you know, I have nothing involved, and I'm all in support of all the outrage, but they still might come target my house. I don't know, you know? And uh, it's just the, the randomness of it all. And there was even a shooting uh, in the riots down here. And so it's just like, I get that an innocent man died, but why are we going to hurt other innocent people, you know, from this? It, it doesn't seem like it's, it's the same, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like we're putting our point across that we need to. Something needs to be done. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know. And I saw a video of a man, a black man, I don't remember what city he was in, and he was out in the streets, like, yelling at people, like, I built my own business and you guys just destroyed it in a matter of minutes. This is not how you address it, you know? And uh, yeah. so do I agree with that means to you? No, but man, something needs to be done. Um, it's, it's furious. Uh, you know, it's happening way too often. And uh, I think it really starts within the own, you know, the police Academy in general. Uh, I know these guys are always trying to vouch for each other. Um, and I get that we're all football players. You know, I think we'd all, we'd all always take, uh, have each other's backs, but, uh, there comes a time where you have to stand up for what's right. And there was three guys in that video that watched him do all that, which is the craziest part. Um, and that's, that's just, that just doesn't sit right, you know? Um, and I, I mean, I'd like to think that a majority of police officers are good men and, uh, uh, are genuinely, you know, they putting their lives on the line every day too. I don't have necessarily have that risk. You know, my dad was a police officer for a year in, in Arlington and, uh, so and uh, these guys are genuinely putting their lives out there, and for the most part, are doing a good job. But then you have these bad ones, man. and It just tarnishes everybody's reputation, and it's uh, it's uh, something to change. And I just uh, hope, hope somehow, I can be a part of that with my guys and uh, and figuring that out. But I'm completely agree with kind of all the the, uh, the sentiment that was echoed.
2: Bringing, mm-hmm. You actually bring up a good point because. You know at the end of the day, I got some friends that are police officers that's former teammates that have now gone into the police the police force, and you know we still that's still my dogs but at the at the end of the day like if if I go out there and I cuss out uh one of the Duke coaches or something like that, Dom Joe got a shoulder shoulder that you know what I'm saying like you wear the same colors I wear. They don't, you know what I'm saying? It's an issue with this guy's now. They coming at us hard, heavy, heavy and hard because of the colors we rock. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like, you know, you you're on that team, you on that team. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta back the team, or else you can't come back into the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what it is. So I, I hate that it has to be them, but they need to figure that out internally. If y'all got some bad eggs, some bad apples that can't rock with you, then get them out the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, I, you know, you know what, you know
1: what I don't think it's talked about enough. The process of being a police officer, from the outside looking in, it looks like you do twenty five pushups and run a mile under under <laughs> seven minutes. You're a, a freaking police officer in six months.
2: Twenty five. They only need twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying? No, I'm serious, man. Like, like where, like, like, think about it. Every everything else where where lives are on the line, it takes years a doctor a lawyer (laughs) you know what i'm saying so like i feel like the whole training process needs to be slowed down concentrated and like revamped maybe less could be more like maybe less cops but better cops that get better pay
2: you know what i'm saying maybe it needs to be focused more on maybe it needs to be focused maybe it needs to be more of a question and answer test you know what i'm saying instead of physical, because obviously they missing the character, they missing the character part of this situation, they not, I mean physical, that's why they got guns on their hips, because I mean if we really was fighting now, how many what we gonna? What y'all gonna look like then you know what I'm saying because yeah. um, a buddy, he was out there he out there with, the, with his knee on somebody's neck, and you know his 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 sleeves is loose you know what I'm saying, his sleeves is loose you know what I'm saying, so so at the end of the day, like they really need to be starting looking at like almost kind of like security ambassadors. Like, I don't want no security ambassador that um, works for me that is on the side of thinking that they are enforcing stuff. You're supposed to be a resource to the community.
1: That's Thanks, it. Yeah. You yeah. And I don't have the answers. It's just there's just a lot of change that needs to be made. Like, no one has the answers right now. But. Hey,
2: you're supposed to be a resource to the community, man. If I see anybody, yeah. let me tell you this story about one of my security officers' men that I had to find on the spot. <laughs> So, um, you know, we do security at apartment communities, and you know, I got one rule for my guys: we grade A snitches, all right? We grade A snitches. So we don't do none of that police stuff. I don't give them nothing but a, uh, but a piece of paper to write down what happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then uh, we had a story where the guy said he heard some some commotion going on in uh, in the room upstairs, in a room in an apartment upstairs. Uh, but he knocked on the door and nobody answered. So, this man goes to the back, gets a running start, jumps onto the balcony, pulls himself up, slides underneath the gate, comes into the house unannounced, and says, Is there an issue? I said, Bro, let me review this tape with you, man. Let me show you where you was wrong. With. This is where you went wrong when you start taking these backward steps to get a running start. This is where you should have stopped right there. Hey. Right? Everything else. Let's just skip everything else. You was wrong right here. <laughs> you decided you had to get this running start.
1: <laughs> so, hey, what, what, so what? What did they say on Friday after next, man? Top flight security in the
2: world, Craig. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, bro. So he he, he he got fired that day, and we got fired that day at the same time. We both got fired. So uh, yeah, man. At the end of the day, man, and I always and I knew it from the beginning. I was like, man, he he taking this real serious, bro. This ain't really the guy. That, this ain't really the guy that we need. But hey, you live and you learn, man. Because you know when your gut says he ain't supposed to be there, then he probably not supposed to be there. So that's just that's the end of that situation, man. We'll we'll, we'll jump into some other thing. Quarantine. We're not going to talk about quarantine today because quarantine is kind of taking a back a back seat. I ain't even heard nothing about coronavirus in the last forty eight hours, man. Uh. So, so, John, man, I'm about, let me look at, let's, look, let's read this impressive bio. I don't know who wrote this bio, John. Let me, don't tell me you wrote this bio. So, John is the founder and president of Crown Endeavor Sports Agency, He's licensed NFLPA agent, um, an attorney, negotiated millions of dollars. He's an office alignment at UVA. He made the dean's list, athletic honor roll for the University of Virginia with his BA in political science. All right, man. Let's start right there, man. How did you end up at UVA, and why did you come to UVA?
3: Man, uh, for real, UVA was a dream school for me. I wasn't a stud like you guys. I think we all knew that. Um, and uh, I went to a brand-new high school, actually, um, and uh, didn't really start playing football until I was a uh, sophomore um, in high school. And uh, so everything was kind of late in the recruiting process for me. Um, now that high school blew up. You know, Trace McSorley went there. Um and, uh, and I put us on the map Three state championships But um, You know I was before all that When we were brand new And uh, UVA was my dream school man um, I had a bunch of FCS offers And then uh, UVA and Maryland Came in late And offered me Recruited walk-on man And I just knew I wanted to try to play big time And I also knew I just Always wanted to be a who And uh, the education Would be top-notch and help me get to where I needed to be man And plus being Part of a program At a high level Would help me Be a uh, Achieve my ultimate goal of being an agent, which I wasn't on to do. So that was kind of always the end goal. I knew I wasn't going to the league. I didn't have the bloodlines like you chase, uh, or the talent like the rest of you guys. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I used my opportunity for, for what I knew I could and just gave it my all. And, you know, um, and, uh, got to, got to crack the field a little that last year. But, um, other than that, uh, just, uh, put in my time and, uh, I do it all again in a heartbeat.
2: So so John, was you on the P squad when we was out there uh, when we was out there on defense, I see you. Was you on the yeah. P squad for the offense?
0: Yeah. You know like, I was. <laughs> uh, no,
2: I I I am just saying in general. Like we used to be we used to be getting into it with Shaw all the time. Oh I, yeah. I know for we used to get into it for Shaw, man. Did y'all ever say anything to that guy? Like, hey man, chill out, bro. You know what well, I'm saying? That's what
3: See, that, see, but that's the hardest part, and uh, about being on the, you know, on the practice squad, man, is is you're trying to impress coaches, but then you go too hard, and and all the starters get mad at you, man. You can't win. There's no winning in being on the on There's the.
2: There's no winning teams. in the P squad, huh? No I, I, I got a feel for that in the Redskins when I was on the P squad, man. Yeah, you know, man. I got guys I that are
3: can't... on the practice squad in the NFL, and I try to tell them like, don't listen to what the starters tell you. Go hard because they're watching every freaking rep, like, and you gotta, you, you just can't do <laughs> that. I don't, I don't care if these dudes hate your guts. Like, if you let up, I I hear from it, uh, from the scouts from the from your front office. And they're like, what's going on? Why is he letting up? And I'm like, because they're telling them to. <laughs> all right, like, all right. Well,
1: Joey Beggs, <laughs> Joey Beggs. I got, I got to stop you right there, bro. I got to stop you right there. All right, this is, this is where we're going. This is where we're going to take the sharpest knife and cut the BS out, okay? <laughs> Do not compare NFL athletes. <laughs> to to freaking Tom Shaw, John Shaw, whatever his, Eric, what
2: his name I think it was Eric, Eric Shaw.
1: Ooh, anyway, oh, do not everybody. make their NFL athletes oh, and, their, and their chances of playing for millions of dollars to a- uh, Shaw, who is uh, a try-hard guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's a try-hard guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, hey, well,
3: he's trying to earn a scholarship, put man. Put you guys are sitting pretty with scholarships. My man didn't have a scholarship. A lot of us did. You know, we got them. That some of us got them that last year, which was awesome. But this, this
1: is the problem, though. This is the problem. Some of your some of your athletes, right? If 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 the starters, if somebody on the fifty three goes down, they can fill in and they can actually build a career off that, all right? So, if one of sure. us go down because John Shaw injured us, John <laughs> Shaw can't fill
0: in. We're gonna <laughs> lose, bro. We're gonna take an L. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, they're wrong.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, man, we've crazy
1: things. But I understand what you're saying, though, man. I understand. What
3: you're saying. I'm just hey, trying to was, make an analogy I'm not, not going
2: But I don't even think it was that he was going hard. Cause I'm okay with a guy going hard unless I'm working on my hops, unless I'm working on my 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 my, uh, my press hops, man. I ain't okay with that. But in <laughs> practice, that's cool to go hard. Shaw used to get under my skin because he wouldn't answer you. Like I'd be like, Yo, hey, bro, hey,
0: hey bro, man,
2: chill out, man. What you doing, bro? Didn't like you. And Sean would just wouldn't even say nothing to me. So then I had to, you know, make a beeline from the sideline and cock him real quick. Like, oh on.
3: This is definitely different. Like, this dude, he took it serious. And, like, we would be sometimes joking around, and my man was, like, yelling at us in the in the huddle. You know, it was, uh, I almost forgot about him until you guys just said that, actually.
2: Oh, I can never forget Sean, yeah. man, because. I ain't never seen somebody just blatantly. I, I, I feel like he came on, like, like he allowed. was
3: on like his last year or something. Something crazy. He like, I he wasn't my man. From the beginning.
1: Shaw might be the only person to, on the team that Chase don't like. I'm going to put that on the airway. <laughs> put that on the airway? <laughs> his whole five
0: years must be in there. I hope
2: he's listening. Nah, man. I ain't got no issue Shaw, man. Shaw, man. I hope you're doing well. you probably doing something really, really well the right the now. Hey, that's really all
1: air behind the words, Chase. Okay. That's crazy.
2: Hey, listen, bro. I ain't got no issue with Shaw, man. I just had to handle it. I didn't let things <laughs> slide. That's not that doesn't mean I don't like the guy. It just means that I'm gonna have to handle this situation before the next play.
3: <laughs> you know you guys do remember like, though, like, when Brandon Woods popped off on Brian, they even threw his helmet at him, right? Because Odin was going
1: so oh,
3: yeah, hard. O Dog oh, yeah, was, was crazy, another it was
1: another loose candy, man. That yeah, was my man, man he though. Was, was, I, was See, but the thing about old was old Dog had to go hard because he was a viable guy. On he was teams,
3: Yeah, he you know playing. what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. yeah, so it's different. John Shaw was li- like you can't put John Shaw on kickoff team. I play- think it was Eric you can Eric
3: Shaw. If Eric- I
1: remember No. Right? Hey, I forget. I forget his name. Yeah, his his anyway, it's Eric Shaw. You can't Certainly. You can't put him anywhere in in a game time situation. Can you pause for a second? He's nothing <laughs> but a practice player. So you can't go out there <laughs> You
2: know what I mean? You are kinda of like yeah. a heavy bag
1: in a you know what I'm saying, in a boxing gym. You
2: know what I mean? You the thing. Make a smile. Like I play, we did you play Practice Squad with me? Uh our yeah. first year or was you? yeah, yeah. So we played practice Bruh, squad yeah. remember I did the
1: <laughs> Oh no, that yeah. wasn't
2: the first year. Yeah. Our first year when we was um not playing varsity yet. So we I like playing practice. Yeah, squad yeah, I got yeah. to go against Mo Cove and I got to go against KO. Yeah. I got to go against the best players that was on our team while I wasn't playing yet, while I was red shirting. Uh, so that was actually fun for me uh, to do that, but I, I, I knew I could make plays then because I was at least a scholarship player. When I was in the league and you was getting that minimal, and you was getting that minimum, man, and you was trying <laughs> to make plays on D-Jack or you <laughs> playing through the ball, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on Pierre Garceau, these guys making millions of dollars, man. I'm finishing on the ground. <laughs> I'm finishing on the ground, bro. And then you start, you start giving stuff up, and then you start getting that idea. Like you start giving up. Once you start giving things up, man, you start getting used to giving things up. That's not a good. That's not a good way to start uh, doing things. yeah So that's a slippery. That's a slippery slope. Yes, yeah, slippery slope, man. It a
0: situation,
2: man. definitely. Because after I said effort, I'm about to, I'm about to intercept all these passes. I'm about to intercept the repeats. That was my last few weeks there. That was my last few weeks there, bro. Hey, I'm intercepting the repeats. Repeat it. All right, you go ahead and repeat it if you want to. I'm about to take this thing
0: back.
3: I used to say, hey. more than anybody. He used to just get so mad at me. Oh man, Nick Jason, he, would, he would like throw the ball at me, and then he'd be oh, my yeah.
2: best friend the next day. He <laughs> was just like, "I was about to say, used to do things like that." <laughs> we, used to, we used to be fighting the practice squad a lot, boy, on that defensive field. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh man, that's a good little talk, man. So you went to school. So was uh, being a sport agent like on your mind from the beginning? Is that literally what you what you wanted to do?
0: Yeah, when man. you came to school,
3: since high school, man, um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, especially my first day at UVA, I, the first person I saw was Eugene Monroe going into his fourth year as a, uh, and he just got cut up, and he was in a wife beat,er holding two suitcases, and I was about to have mom turn the car around, man, because I was like, if that's what everybody looks like, I don't think I belong here, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I knew I knew what I saw, were the, you know, big type of talent it was to be at the next level, and I knew I didn't have it, that was okay with me, but I knew I had, I I could definitely help those guys. And, you know, I saw a lot of guys get taken advantage of by agents, too, while I was there. And so it was just like all these, you know, a bunch of dudes are just like, man, you just you need to hurry up and become licensed so you can, uh, you can represent me. And, uh, you know, it was just more fuel to the fire. And, you know, obviously playing the um, ball at a high level has a lot of perks and makes a lot of connections. So, yeah, man, that was always the end goal.
2: So how was political mm-hmm. science at UVA? What's that? How is political science? How was how studying political science? Uh,
3: man, to be honest, and how did you
2: choose that route? Could you? I mean, I'm sure you could have done multiple routes going going.
3: There. Yeah, I honestly, probably wish I had done something else. Truthfully, but I knew I wanted to go to law school, and I thought that you know that would probably with football and everything else that was probably the best degree for me at the time. I honestly think it was I don't know. Looking back, I think I probably uh, should have done a different degree like business or something. But. Um, mm-hmm. It is what it is. It did prepare me for a law school, but I think it would have been useless if I hadn't gone to law school, truthfully. <laughs> that
2: makes sense. Um, so you went to Liberty. You went to Liberty Law School, man. How was that experience?
3: It was good, man. It's like uh, one spectrum, uh, one side of the spectrum to the other. You're know, you you at UVA, which was one of the most liberal schools in the country. And then you go to uh, Liberty and it was uh, one of the most conservative schools in the country, man. But I honestly cherish my experience of both. Um, Helps you really know where you stand and things, but they came around with a full scholarship for me, and I couldn't really pass that up. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, man, it was uh, it was good. And I started the sports law society there, and we won the national sports negotiation competition in our first year, which was pretty sick. Being some, we actually beat UVA, <laughs> and uh, you know, I got to negotiate LeBron James to the Lakers, which actually happened later on, which is funny, but um, it was uh, it was pretty cool.
2: Did you uh did you do anything with the t- football at, at Liberty at all?
3: Nah, uh, the not Rocco really. Was
2: there right? The Rocco over there, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: he was, but I didn't really. Uh, I didn't have time, man. I was studying way too hard. I was, I was on the law review. Like I took, I took my studying to another level when I went to law school because I knew that was what I was going to be doing the rest of my life. I wasn't going to be doing political science, so I, I probably slacked more than I should, like most of us football players do. But, um. But yeah, and uh, but when I when I went liberty man, I took it to the next level and just studied my tail off and uh, tried to make the most of my experience and not leave anything on the table.
2: Word, and so you you became a licensed attorney, and uh, how do you think that's affected you? Because you we we just recently found out when we interviewed uh, or had had Earl on the podcast, EJ Scott, that you don't—he was also an NFL agent. that Yeah, we thought you had to have a yeah. law degree.
3: No, so. Actually, in most sports leagues, baseball, football, basketball, the other ones are actually really relaxed. The NFL has the hardest standards to become an agent because so many people watch Jerry Maguire and Ballers and decide overnight they're going to become an agent. So they're trying to weed people out. The exam's crazy hard. Like I took the bar exam. and It was almost as hard as that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd say about 50% of agents are attorneys, but you don't have to be. You just have to have a graduate degree um mm-hmm. and uh you know i think it's an advantage for me truthfully i tell a lot of guys you know i, I would recommend hiring an agent that's an attorney because we're being I mean, that collective bargaining agreement chases you know you know that thing's uh that's like 280 pages long yeah and uh, you're expected to know all of it and obviously the player is not going to know it but he expects his agent to you know and so uh you know going to law school really prepared me for something like that and just going of negotiations drafting marketing agreements uh all of that is uh, uh, definitely a huge advantage for for me as uh, an attorney as well.
2: Definitely. So you started Crown Endeavors. Um, you know, I guess as soon as you pass the, as soon as you pass the bar exam, as soon as you pass the NFLPA test, or could you take the the NFL test like simultaneously? Or yeah, like, kind, no, of, that kind of stages. Too. I'm
3: trying to remember the order. Yeah, no, I, I became, I took the NFLPA exam uh, a year later. Um, and -hmm. so I actually interned when I was in law school at one of the biggest agencies in the world. Uh, they're always top five by Forbes rankings every year. It's called Octagon. And, uh, I got, I mean, they had, we had Marshawn Lynch, Steph Curry, Michael Phelps. I got to meet Hugh Jackson. Um, you know, we had, I mean, even in a superstar in any sport, we had one. And, uh, so I got to work on like a couple of Michael Phelps' marketing deals. And like, man, I got some awesome experience there. And, uh, you know, I saw how the big boys did it, but I always the, the end goal for me was always to start my own uh, my own shop, and I always kind of wanted to focus on those under the radar type players. They were always, you know, focusing when you're focusing on first round picks, man. It's a shady business. I'm telling you, this Asian business, especially among those first rounders, it is shady. And uh, I saw a niche for those late round guys and those undrafted guys. And uh, um, you know, as a smaller guy, this business has changed so much in ten years. I um, you have to have crazy money to even to even start playing and uh you know and, and shout out to my man um earl in that um he came in in his first year and you know he was able to land a guy a, a veteran contract which is pretty unheard of for a first year agent so um it's usually usually uh not not often that you see a a, a brand new agent be able to do something like that so most of the time man you got to grind and just hope you can you can land a couple guys on rosters and start paying the bill um, but uh, but yeah, so that was kind of my path.
2: What do? You, how are you trying to like find athletes? What's your what's your goal in finding athletes, or what's, man, your, what's your business plan for doing that?
3: So I'd say my first start, obviously, I'm tapping into UVA connections. Uh, but my main thing that I look at, above all else, because there's a lot of dudes that can ball out there, uh, as we all know. You know. There's a lot of guys that were right on the fringe that you think could make it, and and vice versa. But the biggest thing for me is character, man. Um, is uh I'm not trying to be one of, I'm not trying to handhold my guys and make sure they're not, you know, getting drunk and saying something stupid or getting DUIs or not studying the playbook. I want a guy that's gonna go to work every day, treat it like a job and he's gonna take it seriously and uh he's just gonna you know, he's just gonna put his head down and grind and he's gonna stay out of trouble. And so character is really important to me when I look at guys. I know it's not for a lot of agents they're willing to, you know, sacrifice other things, but that's something. Uh, that's something really important to me, and um, you know, um, I'm a man of faith, and that's kind of what I build my company on too. And uh, mm-hmm. so, just guys that align with those values, and um, you know, I I saw a niche for that. And uh, man, my some my clients are some of the best guys you'll ever meet. And it's uh, you know, it's because I target those kind of guys.
2: So you got uh, uh Dylan Maven on here. Shout out to Dylan. He's one of my one of the friends of my family, Howard and Jordan. Uh, yeah. J- Howard played with my dad at Louisville Jordan. Okay. He's a good friend of mine. Man, uh, really yeah. I actually just seen him at the NFLPA uh, uh, extern situation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he was extern. Awesome, man. Um,
3: yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's 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 one of those guys, man. I mean, I keep when you think of a dream client, Dylan Davis hits that boat, you know, uh, especially like comes from a good family. He is. His, uh, he he told me when I checked him on him the other day, I was like, Man, how you holding up with quarantine? He's like, Bro, this is my life every day. I just go home, and play video games, and work out. Like, that's all I do. I don't really get into all the other stuff. He's you know, he's a dream client.
0: And he uh, yeah, gives back
3: to the community and he's he's just a brilliant young mm-hmm. man and uh he's gonna do a lot even beyond football. And uh, you know, he's he's the epitome of what I look for with guys.
2: Say what, i tell you what, uh say what, Johnny Bags, you, you got that you got that uh that, that, uh, what's that? Uh, Jerry Maguire down pack. You got that that, that that selling point down. Um, but, uh, what's your, what's your customer acquisition cost? And I'm saying customer just cause that's business, but for you, a client, what's your client acquisition cost Like what, what are you looking at before you even get a dollar from, uh, going to get a person and how do you manage those expenses versus your yeah. incomes? You know?
3: Man, so that's a really good question. So especially as a independent agent without the backing of a big agency, it's very rare for I mean, most guys flame out in two, three years. So, you know, I'm going on year four now and I'm blessed to be able to say that. Um, but I've always been really good with managing money. Uh my dad kind of taught me with that from a young age. But um so this business, man, in the last ten years, in Chase, I don't maybe you can even chime in on that, but um it has changed so much, if you ask any of the old heads that have been in this business for a while. So, nowadays, to play ball to find a first-round pick, you're sinking almost hundred grand into these guys. And that's, like, you're guaranteeing that to them. And that's some cost. Like, you don't get that back. It's not a loan. That's you investing in them um, and hoping you somehow make that later on in their commission. So, you're paying for change, you're paying for travel, you're paying for uh, cars, and... Um, and everything leading up to the draft, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty wild now. Some of the things that these agents are doing, how you going to turn into? Uh, into, uh, into go hey, Dom Joe, man, What the heck's going <laughs> that on? I'm I thought I,
2: yeah. I thought it was ain't You ain't going to stand up. If you actually I'm like, say something and apologize, but yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Mike, on me, I ran out. I ran out the house, my bad, bro. My I think you in the most biased right now. Hey,
1: hey, bro. They, they looting. They, you know, I feel sure they looting they, out they here, go, man. They're going crazy out here, man. My bad. <laughs> 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 uh, my bad. It sounds like, like he's point, going to five on the points, sport. I'm trying to listen. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, head, all sport, uh, man, I hear police sirens in the background. <laughs> I
1: had to go outside and make sure they weren't too close. Here, man. Now. I had to go outside and make think? sure they
0: weren't too close. My bad. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> nah,
3: that's pretty appropriate for me. Drop your, take your windows
0: out of your car, Dom. You better be careful. <laughs>
1: hey bro, I live I live in the neighborhood I grew up in. I wish they would, bro. Hey. Come
2: on, man. <laughs> come on, his joint on bricks and burnt up. Hey, you didn't think his nah, name sh- had as much pull as you thought it did. Not <laughs> not not the black Tahoe. We getting that joint back. Hey,
1: we get we getting it all back, baby. You know what I'm saying? One way or the other, trust. <laughs> before
2: John before Johnny was uh was a, really interrupted by a
0: guy not on mute. <laughs>
2: <You don't see. laughs> I
0: apologize, man. My fault. Um uh,
2: it's about a hundred K man for a just to just to land a first rounder these days. Yeah, man.
3: Yeah, man. Okay. So like you're going after Eugene Monroe nowadays, man. You're you're looking at training. You're looking and we're talking about these, you know, these exos facilities, that alone is like twenty five, thirty grand where they're getting massages and uh you know pt and then you're paying for their food all the way up to the draft you're paying for the rental car you're paying for their living um you're paying for their girlfriend to fly out twice and see them. you're paying for uh their suit before the draft like man it has they changed they gotta
2: be, messed up. They, be, gotta like be messed up they ain't get me on that
3: yeah man and uh and so you know as an agent, and I mean, a guy like myself, I don't have a hundred grand line around, fellas. And I, I I mean, I know you all are wildly successful, so maybe you do, but um, I don't have a hundred grand line. around. If I did, it
2: wasn't going to be to pay for nobody's girlfriend to right. come out and see
3: you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> nah, <laughs> hell no. Nah. I would make it the agent world. Yeah, man, and that's the problem. And so now it's all about, it's not about who's the best agent, it's about who's paying you the most. And it's not, you're not, a lot of these dudes aren't thinking about long-term, like, this dude has, if he what is this what's best for my career, or is he just throwing me flashy jewelry and I'm going to sign with him? And so unfortunately it's become who's buying you instead of, um, instead of who's going to be the best agent. Cause if you put me up against any of these guys in contract negotiations, I hate to sound cocky, but I truly believe that I'm, I could beat any of them in a contract negotiation. But when it comes to being able to, you know, to pay for these dudes, I can't do that. So my, my whole strategy is I've been going after undrafted guys and, round guys. And, uh, honestly, it's better to represent those guys because they're more grateful. Um, they're hungrier. They got a tip on their shoulder and, uh, you know, they appreciate the work you do. Uh, a lot of these first round picks, you can fire their agents pretty quickly, unfortunately. So, um, uh, but yeah, man, so for my guys, uh, I tend to drop roughly around 10 grand by the time it's all said and done. Uh, for these late-round and undrafted guys. And even that is, you know, I've had to be really strategic uh, as to where I come up with this money. Um, and, um, you know, some guys I'm able to find undrafted guys, like these really hidden sleepers, and I don't have to pay anything. And, I, and I've and i had a really good uh, success rate with some of those guys, too, actually, because I get, I get tips from scouts on the guy, like, hey, I haven't heard anybody talk about this guy, but I'm telling you, he's, he's going to get a really good shot at making our team. And so um, that has been a huge thing for me. Um, but... But yeah, man, it's just wild. Like now I have dudes that I'm like, I'm looking at these grade sheets or I'll talk to a scout and this dude's a, maybe a tryout guy at best. And he's like, Are you gonna pay for my training? I'm like, Boy, you better you you must be you must be out of your mind. <laughs> like I'm gonna yeah, spend 17 days on you to train and you're gonna be a tryout guy? No, nah, no. Nah. And so you know, but the problem is a lot of these, you know, these brand-new agents are so eager to get involved. They just do that for anyone, and then they just drop 10 grand. This dude might not even get a tryout. And if he is, I mean, we all know the success of a tryout guy in the NFL is not high. And so you just have to be really smart with managing how you spend your money, and I've been able to do that over the first uh, three years of my business. and um, We have some really good guys that are sticking, so uh, hopefully uh, many more years to come.
2: I actually paid for my own training. I pay for my own and you, training. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I don't like I don't like owing nobody nothing, or at least even mm-hmm. feeling like I owe you nothing. So I, yep. I mean that's just how I that's just how I ride, and obviously that's mm-hmm. my dad talking to me as well. I just don't ever sure. want to be like I you gave me something, and uh, I, I, even if you even if I don't owe it, I feel like I owe it. You know, for you sure. I'm sure. Joe, man, you you get any coins? You get any coins from your agent, Marty? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: what was I forget? Either. I paid for my training and he paid for my living or was vice versa. But uh, we did it like that, man. So, um, I mean, you know, I-, I thought it was a good deal for me and I was appreciative of the deal because I did everything in Atlanta. So, okay. Uh, Who would you guys have representing good. you guys?
0: How, how do you feel had, when you got sent home before your plane was even refueled that dropped you off? <laughs> <laughs>
2: What do you mean? Like he said, how he, does he, well, uh, how he feel when he when you got sent home from Green Bay How, did, how did even having without, without how even get it? to put your cleats on? <laughs> so how did your, was, how
0: did nah, your feel? Your agent? Did he ask for the money back? Nah, I'm, I'm serious though. Like I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't, oh, how, how did, did he about?
1: feel? I thought you. Oh, how did he? Yeah, feel? How did he feel?
0: Yeah.
1: Nah, that was my man. That was my man. Um, number one, oh, I okay. didn't believe him
0: because I was.
1: Did you not?
2: Did you not know that you had two torn labrums?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just uh, one, but uh, you know, I, I didn't believe him, and uh, he was just kind of mad, like, yo, you didn't tell me. I was like, bro, I really didn't. I really. You, didn't tell thought me, I was, bro. you got more yeah. invested
0: in your living, and you overpay. Yo, bitch press bro. John,
3: you, know, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now. That's, that's a lot of money. You didn't tell him that. <laughs>
1: Yo, I didn't yo, but I didn't get an MRI or anything though. Like I kept no, pushing, you know? Fine. All like, you know, okay, I had fine. a couple cortisone shots and you know, I fine. kept it moving. You know what I'm bro, saying? I had two you, hair, hair? Bro. you know when he you have a lateral, you
0: know,
1: hair. Hair. You know when you have
0: a Yeah, I had two of
1: them. I really did not like you guys don't understand. <laughs> I did everything. Bro, think about how many times I complained about my shoulder, yo. I really didn't <laughs> complain about it that much.
2: Around me, y'all heard you complain about it all the time. Bro, that's because so you hear he me. Do. You
1: hear me. You hear me in the huddle when I'm banging, but that's on the field. I'm talking about hey. like when we're
2: chilling. You,
0: you know, know when what I mean? It it do that half one half
2: move. Half. You know when that guy do that one move on the couch and he do his arm in a circle?
0: Oh that's a dog
2: Joe move, bro. He would hit that arm in a circle like that, bro. Get it real high, and move it in a circle one time. I'd be like, bro, you good? Hey man, I don't know that thing a little sore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so on we're just chilling <laughs> you know what i nah, uh,
1: Marty Magic Marty is he still doing it yeah he's still doing it MRM Sports he got okay. he got a couple of, I forget oh he got a, okay. he got the quarterback from Temple PJ okay. I forget his name oh yeah the kid yeah. that lit up the XFL yeah yeah that kid
3: yeah yeah he got yeah, him yeah, yeah, he, got yeah, a, yeah. he just
2: got a big contract didn't he yeah he did
3: he signed uh, I can remember who that was with uh,
2: yeah.
3: yeah, but, um, yeah. No, Panthers,
1: Panthers with Matt Rule, because he's back with Matt Rule. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
3: Panthers.
0: Then, uh, um, so anyway, so yeah, Dom, Joe, Dom
2: Joe's story. Enough about yeah, Dom Joe's story. Man, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, you would be like a guy right. that Mags would be looking at, because you got a, yeah. a lot of challenge, a lot of opportunity, maybe a possible, uh, late, late round, uh, undrafted, have a chance to high make character. a team. Like, that was, high he was guy. a high character guy. You know Good grade. Except yep. for the fact yeah. that you ain't going to tell nobody that you got a bad shoulder. You ain't, ain't about to give me no MRI. I'm sure I'm not going to maybe, middle character. maybe yeah, middle character. Middle character.
0: So, uh, <laughs> that's
2: all I said. saying. If it, you would've been a possible county endeavors guy, man. That's what I was asking. Yeah, you. man,
3: for sure. But no,
1: nah, but um, Joe, I got I got this question. I was about. To, I said Joey, but uh, John, I got this question. Nah, you can call me. Talk about. about you to
3: know that was my name.
1: I know, man, my bad. But um, (laughs) talk about just the fact of just staying focused on one goal, one career for pretty much your whole life and actually achieving that. Because a lot of people go into college not knowing what they want to do, come out of college not knowing what they want to do, be 25 years old and still don't know what they want to do. And, you know, I mean, even me, when I I was done playing football, I'm – cleaning dorms and working in an engineering firm. If you asked me in 2011, I would have never thought I was doing that. You know what sure. I'm saying? So just talk about staying focused on one goal the whole time and like how hard it was. Did you ever feel like you needed to change course or
3: anything? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I felt like, so yeah, I mean, I always had a passion for sports. I mean, every sport, I don't just love football. Like I, uh, I think eventually I'd love to, you know, I've dabbled, I've represented some coaches and, um, I've, uh, I've dabbled with basketball as well. Uh, they're all different animals. And right now I'm trying to, I'm trying to just make my main thing, my main thing and stay on football for now. But, um, but yeah, man, I always had a passion for sports. I played pretty much every sport growing up and, uh, um, and you know I think my parents did a really good job of just steering me in the direction that they knew I would be uh, good at and I guess I argued with them a lot and so they knew I'd be a good lawyer too and so I think the perfect intersection of sports and law was being an agent and then when I uh, so I applied at that internship at Octagon while I was in law school and I was one out of 500 applicants and somehow they picked me and I think they probably regretted it later but um they uh, they picked me and uh that's you know that was the first time I felt like all right like you belong you know like clearly they see something in you and then um you know and then I won the national sports negotiation competition and then that was again like all right like you know this is you this is what god made you to do like this is what you need to this is what you've been set out to do man you can't stop until you till you get it but and then when you get into business and you start your own business, man, like, and that's why I feel for these people. I'm going back to what we talked about earlier with the riots, man, like you get into this man and like your blood, sweat, and tears are in this, you're earning money. Like I'm investing my wife, like trust me enough to be able to, you know, say like, yeah, you can invest this money in this player. But like, you know, it's a pretty scary thing when you don't know, you know, where that, what, if that money will ever lead to anything. Um, and, uh. So, like, you get in the business and you start being like, man, I don't know, this wasn't what I expected it to be. Like, I thought I was going to be Jerry Maguire just shouting, show me the money, you know. And, <laughs> uh, and and it's anything but that. Like, these TV shows with these agents, man, it's so far from the truth. Like, you're begging and pleading 21-year-old Dom Joes and Chase Minifield like, to sign with you. You know what I mean? And uh, it's not a glamorous That's not a glamorous thing. And you're fighting other agents to do it and you're trying to do it the right way. Um, and, uh you know, and so there's, of course, times that it creeps in, man, but I will tell you there is not a better feeling than on draft day and you call up your dude and said, bro, we just signed with, you know, the uh, the Washington Redskins and I got you maybe bigger bonus than we expected or you just got drafted by, you know, the Chicago Bears. And, like, that phone call, man, and just your guys react or, or when you're in person with them, like, just – that reaction, man, oh, it just, it just chills down your spine. And it just, it just reinvigorates you. And it's like, man, this is why I do this. Like helping dudes. Like we all probably dreamed about being professional football players since we were four years old, you know. Millions of Americans do. Uh, millions of, you know, kids all around the world. And being able to be with the dude and help guide him through the process and then help him get him, get him that opportunity. There's not many cool things. And uh, that's what I always set out to do. Because like I said, I knew I wasn't going to the league but this is about as uh, close as possible I could be and actually making a difference for these guys. And, you know, um, it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. And, uh, like this year, man, it looked pretty grim for one of my guys and it was like almost 11 o'clock on draft night. And this dude had a lot of interest leading up to the draft, but for whatever reason, a couple of dudes like fell, and, um, fell that shouldn't have and so they took him, they took them over my guy. And, I was, it's, there's no worse phone calls than calling up one of your clients and being like, hey, man, we got nothing. And it's like, I'm doing what I can. And they start doubting you, you know? But it's like. I'll be ready to hang move. up on them. Yeah. But, hang up. Don't, don't you
2: know, call me again unless you got some juice.
3: Yeah. I remember
2: feeling like that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, there's no worse feeling than making that phone call when you know this dude has busted his butt all offseason and he's trained and he's gotten in the best of his life. And then and it just, the well dries up. And so it was about to be like that, man. And then all of a sudden I was like, I just texted, I was texted and calling every single uh, team because, you know, you end up having like, everybody's contact info doing this a while. And the last team was like, yeah, man, hang on. Let me see what I can do here. And, uh, and we made it happen. And I gave this call. He said he had left his parents house already. He started thinking about how he was going to update his resume, uh, and to be a teacher. And uh, he was like all depressed when I called him, and then I keep, I'm like, "Bro, you just signed with the New York Giants," and he about lost, his years. <laughs> he about lost him. Man, one <laughs> of was, was the coolest moments for me, and uh, you know, just to be able to be like, "Look, I I'm never gonna give up on you. If you, as long as you want to play, I'm gonna keep representing you." And uh, you know, it's just that special bond. Like I, I tell all my guys, you're not a client, you're family, and I truly do you that too. What's the oldest
2: guy you assigned? Because I know a guy on this call that, that might be trying to get back in there,
0: man. Hey, hit me up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: Back, no, yeah, you to know what I'm talking about, backs. I'm talking about 2-3 Joe, man. You know, 2-3 some <laughs> still got some reps in him.
3: Oh, uh, boys, yeah. we're pushing. The, oh, we're all pushing thirties, right? I mean, our days are behind us. Here, oh, I'm dude.
2: over thirties. Yeah, I'm over thirties. I'm not playing. I'm, <laughs> I'm
3: over
0: thirty.
3: My, my yeah, biggest I'm fight is against the scale. Month,
0: so it's
2: uh, a <laughs> scary times. Yeah, my fight is yeah, against, against the scale. Big. Dom Joe. He box every week. He ready. He can take a couple snaps. Right, I know. Dude, Dom. This
1: COVID. This COVID just slowed me down, <laughs> man. I need to get back in the ring, man. I'm,
2: I'm, to, I'm getting done my right. for it. He actually not Sometimes even too far outside of playing. He just played. Do you, do you still rep? So if a guy goes, is in the league or goes to CFL, how, how far do you stay with him? Do you stay with him through like
0: yeah, AFL, XFL? So he tells me. Oh, so I'm not you, you take to all anymore. the
2: programs.
3: You never yeah, tell a guy to like, hey, nice. man. You yeah, need I got to football. Hold on. Oh, right, my agent, he here, told
2: yeah. me. Go my ahead. agent told me. He was like, um, hey, next time I'll call you next time i call you next time i call you tell me what your plan is to, go to do something else i said all right, I said, all right. uh this is this is like probably like uh you know this is like a year probably after i played my last down at the skids and i ain't got no calls from nobody you know i had the knees so mm-hmm. you know i had the knee issues yeah. and uh did nobody want it didn't nobody take no chance on the damaged goods um Especially when you can get corners anywhere, right, and yeah. really it's not not like I play the corner position, but you can get somebody that can run, and you know you can get some hoskies out there anytime you want to get some Hoskies out there, man uh, <laughs> but uh like I said, Interesting. Hey, Interesting. My last game, my last game in the league I started my last game in the league, I started, man I was no, starting, Yeah, starting against the Colts, and I got a concussion in that game, and then next thing you know, they released me in the middle of my yeah. concussion protocol. And um, never heard, from, never, heard from, never heard from another team a day in my life. But but for me, I'm like, I'm talking to my age. I'm like, yo, we gotta have some juice. We gotta have some juice, bro. I literally just put some tape out against T. Y. Hilton and Reggie
0: Wayne. You
2: know, yeah, know what I'm saying? Good. I literally just, I literally just put some tape out. You know what I'm saying? He's, Hey man, I ain't got nothing. I said, listen, listen, bro. Don't call my line without no juice no more. Don't call my line without no juice,
0: bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and. uh, you know, he just—I mean, obviously, when you're when you're an athlete, you just think that the agent, your your idea of the agent is they not doing nothing, right? So I started, hey, man. CC c- c- me on every email, bro. CC c- me on yeah. every email, <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and uh, let me know what's going on out there, man. I started making my own calls because I just didn't think that you know, if you have enough clients, like how 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 much do you fight for the person that's not on the roster? You know, what I am saying? It. I
0: get it. I get, so, it. I get it. So that type
2: of thought process, man was like, all right, bro. So then I went to the CFL. I didn't even take him to the CFL. I went to CFL by myself. Guy hit me up through Facebook, said man, hey, you looking to play ball? We looking for a corner. I said, man, send me the numbers. Send me the numbers, man. <laughs> you know what I said? So yeah <laughs> I am like, getting my own contract through my own email and uh and doing my thing. Cause you know, me and my agent, we cool now. Uh he actually represented a lot of UVA guys, Brad Blank. But at that time frame, I was my mindset of how good I thought I was um, didn't match up to the results that he was giving me in my, <laughs> my
0: exactly. message, bro.
3: You know well, what I'm mean? saying? It's crazy. Like, on draft, after draft day, my DMs blow up. Like, all the dudes that I had been recruiting that ended up signing elsewhere or anything like that, like, yo, can I call you? Like, I'm like, I'm not your agent. Like, yeah. you, need, you need to, you need to, you need to stay with the guy that you signed <laughs> with. And, uh, like, it, it but some dudes also, like, and I will say, like, there are bad agents out there, but I think for the most part, like, you can only market the product as good as it is. Like, you you know, like, if you can't be a snake oil salesman because you're not fooling the NFL. These dudes know everything about every player at every school, even these small schools. And so you can only sell, the product's only as good as what you sell. And so mm-hmm. uh, some guys don't realize that and they just think, man, if I had a better agent, I would be in the league. But they'll find you if you're good enough. And that's what some of these dudes just don't get. And they'll fire their agent right after the draft. But then no other agent's going to sign them. He's on the contract, you know. Dom,
2: Dom Joe fired his agent. Dom Joe, you fired your agent, didn't you?
1: Uh Yeah, but that, that wasn't really anything personal. It's just that uh, I knew that um, my chances in the NFL was slim, and I went with another agent that had more CFL and IFL connects. And it actually it. worked out.
3: That makes sense. It actually yeah. worked yeah.
1: out. Cause,
3: no, when I stopped, I and, yeah, plugged in with the CFO. It's a, it's yeah, a completely
1: it's different animal. And then, honestly... My only downfall was the fact that I played when my agent told me not to, and I hurt myself in the fourth quarter. I was supposed to go to Saskatchewan that Sunday, played that Friday. Separated my clavicle, man. Alexander, I'm Dom
2: Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Separated my clavicle. laughs> I told him I wasn't playing the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Hey. I told him I Dom Joe's crazy boy. This play, I, I, uh, I was supposed to go to Saskatchewan, but I uh, slipped my disc. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bro, you slipped disc. <laughs> nah,
2: little, okay? uh, but the life of the agent and the and the athlete. I think that. Being an athlete, uh, Johnny, and being an agent is definitely a big thing for you. My agent, he had no sports experience, so I always felt like I was trying to explain the sports side that's to good. him. Like, yo, no sense, bro. You ain't making no sense. I'm two top all ACC. I let the league in pick. I've led the nation in picks, and you telling me I ain't got no juice? Come on, man. What you saying, yeah. bro? Those type of situations that you know he didn't under, like. I feel like you just gotta be straight with people, and I hope that's what you are. Is like, yo, listen. Nigga, you just had a microfracture surgery on your knee. Don't nobody want mm-hmm. you. I yep. went to the draft and I was still going first late first second. Late first or second.
3: Because I, I, had... I remember all the hype behind you, man. You hit I was shocked when you went undrafted. I remember I didn't know all the details, but I was just like, dang, I don't know what happened there. But I just remember all oh, the hype wow. like first three round chatter and then yeah, that was crazy.
2: Yeah, so I had to get that microfracture surgery. And that microfracture surgery is kind of like an NBA surgery where they got like the big guys like Andrew Bynum and uh, all those guys, that Greg Oden, all those guys that didn't pan out. It's a bad history on that injury. (laughs) All those guys that didn't pan out, you know, they they had that microfracture surgery. But nobody told me that I was blacklisted until the second day of the draft. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, tell me up front. Tell me up front I ain't got no, no, like, it ain't going to be no interest. Don't have me looking at the first day of the draft like, hey, like with my phone in my hand, like, let's go.
0: Yeah, let's go let's see yeah. what we
2: got like that's what I'm saying like literally like a day before the drive, I got a call from my agent saying I'm still here first and second first or second
3: like man really sounds good but it really? is what it is yeah see, um, you gotta manage expectations too and you gotta be I mean I always tell my guys I'm gonna keep it real with you even if it's not easy for you to hear you know and if, you, if you're not a guy that can take that then we shouldn't be you know you sh- I shouldn't represent you but I'm gonna be a straight shooter and that's what I tell my guys and uh Cause there are a lot of agents that are too scared to get fired. If they tell the guy he's not a first or second round pick, you know, maybe that, I don't know. Maybe that was what his thought process was, or maybe he just genuinely thought that and he wasn't, you know, hearing, you know, that's from other teams. I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's something that there's very few agents that do keep it real. So, you know, I try to set myself apart because of that.
2: That's good. That's good, man. So one last question before I think Max might have a question, maybe. Um, so as a you know, with my companies, I have a startup and then I have a, a regular service company. The regular mm-hmm. service company, uh, I don't I don't try to, like it's my company one hundred percent. And then you know I partner with regionals to to do jobs and we split the revenue sources mm-hmm. um, on that situation. But then on the tech company, like I look for investors and they take equity in the in the company of the in the in the company as a whole um so therefore you know everybody has a slice of the pie of what what we bring Lord. in as a company um so is that something that agents do like are you is that is that an opportunity for you to sell to another company or to bring on like a big investor that may can help you get like first rounders and things of that nature or, or you try to keep it almost like um how you keep it intimate right now
3: no that's a wall street question right there that's that's like uh that's pretty, pretty in depth. That's, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, no. So I actually had talked with uh, octagon, the octagon company that I used to be with about splitting the player. He was, you know, he was big time. And, um, I was his final three ended up going second round. And, uh, I was like, look, you know, I know what it's going to take to win this guy. And if I have, you know, maybe you guys, you know, on, on board with me, I'm just primary contact, but you guys are kind of also in with your resources and you're kind of covering mm-hmm. the training. Um, then we split the commission 50-50. So, yeah, that is something. it would be a great question. But, yeah, that's something I've discussed. we never materialized. Um, but uh, I've had that happen. You know, there's a lot of times where I've gotten phone calls from uh, – there's a pretty big agency in North Carolina. And I'm in tight with a couple of their agents. And uh, they know I'm for what the resources I have, you know, I, I'm far beating what I'm playing with. And, uh, you know, they've kind of talked about bringing me on board. But it wasn't – it's, it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't enough for me to give up my own thing because I truly enjoy that um, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, just, you know, being able to target my own guys, being able to kind of do things the way I do it um, and uh, you know go about it right that way. But I'm always open to opportunity. I think any good businessman should always be willing to listen.
2: For sure, for sure, Max. Kind of questions you got?
3: Yeah, man. So you know,
0: me, I don't know how it works. Um, you know, what's your plan? Like, if you get a sleeper and say they end up going really high or, you know, do really well and on their second or third contract make big money, what's your plan to keep them away from those big agencies? Huh. Like, when they sign with you, is it like they have a three year, four year deal with you that they can't go with somebody else or how does that work?
3: Man, y'all are hitting all the questions. This is good stuff, man. No joke. Um, <laughs> you guys are hitting on every legit topic in this business. um and, uh, so props to that. Yeah. No, that's a great question, especially for smaller guys like myself. But honestly, you almost wake up in nightmares every night thinking, dang, did I just get fired? But then you realize it was a bad dream because there, I'm not going to name names, but there are some agents that you guys have all heard of and they have literally been caught by other agents offering to coach their clients for half the commission and custom tailored suits and do fall for this stuff. Um, and, uh, and so like a lot of guys, like I'm, I literally ride with these guys. Like, sometimes I'm the only agent that gave them a shot. Right. And then I, you know, I get these guys and they're on to their second contract. And then some, you know, I've never had this happen, but I've seen it happen to many of my colleagues and then they get fired and a bigger agent swoops in. Um, and so, uh, it's very common, man, and it's it's devastating for the small guys because you you were the only one that believed in this dude. Where were these guys when you were you know you were in the gym, you know? And it's just uh, it's crazy that the loyalty doesn't exist because I tell guys, you know, I'm always gonna I'm gonna ride with you until you're done playing, and I just expect the same from from you. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it just doesn't always it doesn't always work like that. But again, the big reason why I target high character guys like the Dylan Mavens of the world because. Um, he knows I'm taking care of him, and I'm taking he takes care of me. And it's just kind of you just gotta find that that brotherhood and that connection with those guys, and uh, it just gotta feel right. But really, the biggest thing is man, I just gotta show him, Look, when you're with me, you're getting you're getting top of the line. You're you're one of my main guys. Like I'm not a big agency. I don't I don't represent ten guys every draft. Uh, literally, there was an agency that had I think forty guys this draft. You tell me how they can represent that many dudes. I just don't get it, but. Um, like when I, I take a handful of guys, four, maybe five each draft and that's it. And uh and it's like these guys are my everything for the next the next year and beyond after that that's what made it. And so like you are my priority. I don't care if you're undrafted or you're a lay round guy, because those are the majority of my picks. You're not dealing with like I'm not representing Vaughn Miller or you know, um you know, any of these, uh, Robert of Murray, like these aren't, those aren't my clients. So you're not having to worry about where you belong. Like you are my priority. And I think, I think there's so much value in that. Um, because I think everybody has, uh, I think there's a, the a right fit for everybody. and It's just about finding the right fit. And, uh, so really just showing them the value and then just going above and beyond, man, and, uh, uh, being a part of their lives and making things happen, you know, uh, in every aspect of their life, whether it's helping them start a camp or, um, you know, just marketing, getting creative. Uh, literally had a dude who needed to buy a new car or he was going to buy a used car because, you know, I try to tell my guys to be prudent with their money and I'm try to keep up with the Joneses of the NFL because it's really easy to get lost. in. well, man, this dude's driving a Lamborghini. I should go get a Rolls Royce. Like, uh, you know, this guy's got, you know, 10 diamonds. I'm going to go get 12. And uh, I tell my guys, like, you're a rookie. You do not need to be trying to keep up with these guys because, you know, you get that microfracture surgery and your career might be over. And I'm trying to help you build something after football. And uh, so I'm all about fiscal prudence, especially, but, um, you know, um, just uh, trying, to, trying to help them in, in every aspect of life. And, and I always tell guys, like, I'm going to help you in your career after football as well. So it, it, it kind of goes even beyond that. But I just say really that deep connection, like, you know, if you know me, I know you, and you know, you're a priority for me. You know, I'm I'm riding with you every day, and I'm trying to make things happen. You, you know, you're not going to be one of you know 100 clients, and I think there is a ton of value in that, and I think that's probably the biggest thing a small nation like myself can offer. Um, so I I think that's a long-winded answer, but yeah,
2: that makes sense. Though, what what type of things are you looking at? Since you brought it up, what type of things do you do to try to help off-field after career or off-field yeah. endeavors to try to get people to? Because I was looking at some today, and that they, they they think that. You know, most of the work, especially your players like yours, they're living check to check. And it sucks to say that they're living check to check, they're living big checks to big checks, but they're living check to check. You know what I'm saying? So how how are you trying to uh, put put some financial literacy or some game plans in place to set people up to be set after careers?
3: Well, I try to tell guys to set a portion of their paycheck aside and to never touch it. That's that's the first thing. Um and I try to tell I always tell guys think big picture. We got to think big picture. Um don't try like I said don't try to keep up with everybody else. Uh, and Dylan, Naveen another great. I, I keep coming back to him. But man, he just does everything to a T the way you expect. He hired a financial advisor that we've all vetted. He asked him the right questions that I helped him with. And um you know, he he's just done things the right way and he's smart with his money. Um and he He's not scared to pinch pennies when he has to, even though he's making a good salary now. Um, you know, he he signed to the active roster at the end of the year. He, we got him active roster money, and so it was. Uh, um, you know, he he made some good money that last chunk of the year, especially. But practice squad salary is not anything to sneeze at either nowadays. You know, 120. Um, so, um, but uh, but yeah, and so. You know, A, helping them to see that picture and seeing, A, you know, a car, the minute you drive it off a lot, is the worst investment. Whereas you invest this money here or in real estate or anything like that, you know, this is what it could grow into. So trying to help guys see that big picture, helping them take care of their future generations and all that. But then, um, but yeah, then I had a guy who knew he wanted to be a football coach after his career was over, man. And I actually was able to get him uh, the interview with, uh, with the school. And so, Uh, Because I've dabbled in some of the coaching stuff too, so just stuff like that is helping uh, in helping uh, guys in any way I can. I'm not going to be plugged in necessarily with everything like engineering, but I can put them in touch with people too. Uh, I had Evan Buck actually, and I was uh, reaching out to some guys for him. He uh, after his uh, you know his short stint, and um, you know uh, just making some stuff like that happen for guys. So yeah, man, just anything I can do uh, or put put people in touch with, I just think. I think it's something that I want to be a part of these guys' lives way beyond their career, and I think uh, you know I think that makes makes me unique in some aspects but
2: makes sense man well we we appreciate you jumping on here bro um you know it's always good to talk, talk to our former teammates and then obviously you're one of the ones that's doing better than most so just shout out to you man a lot of respect for you and like dom john said the biggest thing that really stood out is that you came into college with a plan you stick it to the plan and you're seeing the plan through so not a lot of of people can't do that man so it deserves kudos for sure let people know where they can reach you at man where they can keep up with you or you just touch base with you um if they have a, a, a potential athlete for you or something like that
3: yeah yeah for sure i uh uh, Instagram, um Johnny Mags and uh Twitter is John underscore McGammus M A G H A M E Z. Website Crown Endeavors dot com probably the easiest way with all of our contact info. Um but yeah man, uh those are those are kind of the best venues. Um, and um, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show, man. I've been listening to this for a while and you guys are I mean, you guys hit some. You guys hit, had some hard-hitting questions. No joke. You like, you really thought out, and I and I appreciate the insight and the uh, questions because those were everything that I struggle with as an agent. You guys pretty much touched on, which is pretty cool. So um, you guys, you guys, keep doing a great job. You're entertaining and insightful. So we appreciate you guys. Well, and thanks, man.
2: You know, we put so much preparation into this day. You
0: know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last question,
2: bro. I just I just thought about this. So, how do you go with the cold contact? How do you do the cold contact to <laughs> players? Because when I was in school, you know, I was a uh, you know, I was my grade of my my grade got lower as I was playing. But going into my senior year, I was number one corner in the country, right? And right. Uh, or one or two. Uh, and you know, I had a whole bunch of agents hit me up on Facebook. Cool. Yeah, uh, random random spaces like finding my emails. Like, how do you reach out to cold cold prospects?
3: Man, because that was just you know, awkward. You know, I know, man, it is awkward, but it's legit sliding in the DMs, man. Like, that's a big part DM of it. DM slides, bro. I swear, it's, it, I mean, that's such a that's probably sixty percent of it, man. Um, you know, I've I've even done like, uh, believe it or not, like agents do uh, uh, background searches uh, to find a guy's phone number. Like, I've done that before. Uh, it's you know, it's, yeah, people uh, don't call I, me too.
2: I'm like, how hey, you get my number, bro?
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, it? And it's kind of, you know, and I try to do it in the most tasteful way possible because it is like, man, all of a sudden, one minute you're just like playing football, and the next you have got all these agents like reaching out to you, and you don't know who's real and who's fake, and um, you, know, you don't know the difference. You've never been through it before, so most of these dudes don't really know what to ask, and unfortunately, the NCAA doesn't really most schools are scared of agents, so they don't really let, they don't really teach you what questions to ask or how to approach these guys. And so it's such a foreign process to most guys. That's what makes it uh, even more challenging for both the agent and the player. Uh, but yeah, man, just sliding the DMs a lot of the time, although I get some really good tips too. Um a lot of the guys that I've played with. Like one of the guys this year, my guy that signed with the Giants, uh, it was a pretty cool story how it all unfolded just uh, from start to beginning. But um, so my guy played for the jets and, uh, hung up his career after uh, a good career. And, um, he knew he wanted to be a strength coach. He had a bunch of like CFL offers and everything else. And, uh, even like a tryout with the team, but he was like, Nah, I think I'm going for the next chapter. And he got, a, he had a great job at Louisville actually. Uh, his name is Mike Juan Stout. And, uh, he told me about this, uh, old who, wasn't even, I usually pay for some like databases that kind of have a really good, uh, really good draft ranking of guys. And this guy wasn't even on there. So I'm like, bro, I'm sorry, I can't talk to him. Like, I don't, I don't have time to talk to. Him. And then he called me again a month later. He's like, bro, I'm telling you, the Jets just called him. Like, this guy's got some. He's got some juice. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll talk to him. And then I called the Jets scout because I knew him. And I was like, what's the deal with him? He's like, man, we love this kid. He's a priority free agent. I was like, shoot, he's not requiring me to pay any training, and he's a great kid. Former walk-on turned uh, scholarship player, team captain, and now he's with the Giants, man. So that was just a tip from a player, and he he uh, put me in touch, and it was a great fit. So um, so it's not always the DMS, but uh, you know I prefer that last last method. But on court playing, it's not always like.
2: That's what's up, man, because I had some people yeah. that was like... And
3: I'm sure it's creepy from the players' perspective. Not,
2: it wasn't even like Instagram <laughs> wasn't even popping like that. It was like Facebook yeah. Facebook messages <laughs> and, uh, hey, man, I'm going to be at your game. I'm going to be at your <laughs> game. Let's meet up after the game. Bruh, I don't know man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't I'm gonna I
3: show that. up with you. That, that's a little weird. I, I like to build a relationship first, man, but yeah, everybody's got their own strategy, I guess. But, actually, um, the
2: agent I ended up signing with, he actually... I met him for the first time at... Um, at uh Omni at the Omni downtown really? Charlottesville, yeah. and uh he was like coming <laughs> to my room I'm like absolutely not absolutely not this
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, sounds like a murder yeah, mystery
2: yeah what you think this is bro you meet me down here right, here right here next to the bricks
0: not about a figure skate shoot. you can give me a fish speaker.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. talking about me in my room. I got this. Awkward yeah, from It's awkward from
3: all, yeah, awkward from all angles, man. It really is. It's uh, there's no way about it to make it not awkward, and it's just trying to find a comfort level and find a common ground with guys. It's really how you connect with them. I think is is probably one of the hardest parts. People is there about. no? Is
2: there no platform? Is there no platform for seniors, or upcoming seniors, to connect with athletes or agent yeah, potential agents like that?
3: I think you just found your next venture. Though.
2: Yeah, you know me. I think that's definitely a source to be honest.
3: Because there's no way that people should new new
2: the deep yeah. deep. Have to be sliding into deep huddle or something. That can, you
3: guys, yeah, with all this new amazing 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 amazing. Amazing. I, feel, I think there's gonna be a lot more opportunity for that connection between um, agents and student athletes. So um, I think I think that that might be might be honest with me.
2: Yeah, how much you paying for those other little things you're paying for to get your little database? How much that is a month, man? Uh, let's
3: see. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Anytime I want an update, because he changes it like every other week, it's like a uh, oh. hundred bucks. And uh, okay. yeah, uh, but this dude's got some good insight, and then uh, I usually verify it with scouts before I reach out to a dude. But yeah, just just try to find them sleepers, and uh, you know, I'm just a guy that you fit well with. It's, it's tough, but I've got some awesome clients I represent, and uh, yeah, I, I love every second of it. So. Yeah,
1: one Don't thing am I, am I noticing after? from your story, man, I think. Well, your biggest competitive edge is the fact that you're so young with so much experience so you can relate to the guys. And I think that really helps yeah, you. Man. So kudos, you. bro. Appreciate kudos. It. I appreciate it. Yeah. They're, I
3: always tell them, it's like, you don't want me to play high school football. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, he's just like Madden and he's going to represent me. Like, I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I might not have been a superstar like you all, but, uh, you know, I still play at a high level and practice every day and know what it takes. And, uh, so it's, uh yeah, it, you're completely right.
0: And I think a lot of guys really like
2: that, so. so. Well, man, like I said, thank you, bro. We're about to get into this gas of the week. I was going to give it to Dom. I was going to give it to Max, but I, I don't know if they're in that space, man. You're in the space, Dom, to get the gas of the week this week? I know Max ain't got it this week, bro. it would be one of the worst ones ever. He
0: ain't going to do that to me. I, I think, think Max do it. Max. I think Max should do it. I don't he think, he's think he's ready, bro. You know what I'm saying?
2: I don't think he's ready, but I'm going to give him next week, Max. I'm going to give you a heads up. You got the gas next week. I'm I'm ready to go, bro.
0: Look. You ready to go this week, bro? Ready to go this week, baby. Always ready.
2: All right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead and let out that fart. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let me give you out of fire this week, man. Look, this week, I want everyone to know, don't let sometimes uh, later become never. Because, you know, business open up. People are coming out of the quarantine. You know, a lot of people might have got laid off and started something new, a new venture. Might not be going like what you think, and you will get, you know, pulled here and there by some little teasers of, oh well, you know, jobs are opening up, they're hiring back, or this and that. But you know, stick to your guns. Remember why you did it because you didn't want to be in this situation. Keep grinding and get this money. And we out. Boom. Today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.